morning, and welcome to a chat in the garden with Sniffy's Blooms in athletics and in sports business. I'm your host, Monique A.J. Smith, and I'm delighted to come and bring to you our newest installment of interviews with African-American women athletic administrators. So today we're going to do a little reverse. I'm going to jump right on in and bring our guest in, and then uh, I'll give their announcements. This young lady I have known for quite some time. Um, when I was the social commissioner for the CIAA, she was a coach within our league. and um, But I didn't get a chance to meet her until the conference championship. And I saw this tall girl, and I'll be honest with you, I, have been a, I am a big connoisseur of women of color coaching volleyball. I was like, okay, uh, I, I met a, a new one that I don't know, and she's pretty good at this. And so I'm excited to uh, um, to to reconnect with one of my old-time coaches who is now an administrator. And like I always say, you're just listening in on our chat. Welcome to the, to the garden, Michaela. McKinney, excuse me. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Sorry? Did you hear your cheers? I did. I like that. That was a nice touch. (laughs) (laughs) So, no longer coach, go ahead and tell us about your journey to your current position from college to now. Yeah. So, honestly, um, when I was in college, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do outside of volleyball. Um, so after I graduated, I played professional volleyball. That was my one of my main goals. I did that for a couple of years in Europe and played for the Jamaican national team. I have dual citizenship. Um, and then, you know, my knees were sore, and I was like, I have to figure out what else I'm going to do. And I had coached club during um, college on the off season, and I enjoyed doing that, and I loved my club coaches from high school. So I kind of just fell into doing that, and I enjoyed it. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll try coaching, which is kind of a natural thing that people do. So I was a volunteer coach at VCU for a year. Volunteer coaching is very hard. Um, I was fortunate to be able to get money through camp and stuff, but I came back home, and... I had met um, some people through the AVCA Minority Coaches Association like scholarship mm-hmm. thing at the previous convention. And Brenda, at the time, she was the coach at Elizabeth City State, called me and was like, Chowan University is looking for a volleyball coach. Do you still want to coach? And I, was, I said, of course I do. Um, and I, that's, you know, I went there and interviewed, and that's kind of how I got my first head coaching job, which I enjoyed tremendously. That was my first time in Division Two. First time living in North Carolina, I really liked it, but I knew that I, as I did it for longer, that I didn't want to coach for my entire career. I just knew that the lifestyle of a college coach is just, it's difficult, and I think it requires a certain kind of person that is able to do all of that and enjoys the going on the road recruiting and all of that, and that's not the part that I loved. I liked mm-hmm. connecting with student-athletes and helping them figure out who they wanted to be. Um, and, of course, the volleyball part, like the comp- competitive part, I really enjoyed. So 
And in that, I realized what other people in administration were doing because as a student athlete, I really didn't. I mean, I knew there were other people in the department that made everything work, but I didn't necessarily understand what their roles were. And as a and coach, where did you go to school? I went to Florida State. Okay. Yes. So that's where. Um, well. I went to Long Beach State my first two years, and then I transferred to Florida State and played my final three years. Um, and so, yeah, I started realizing what my uh, sport administrator at Chowan was doing. She's the deputy AD, and I liked it. So I just was talking to her about what she did and how I could be doing that, and she kind of talked to me about different steps I could take. Um, I started following on Twitter at the time, NACWA, now Women Leaders in College Sports, and was like, oh, this is a whole career, and there's all these women doing this? I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, there was a job available at Florida State that I saw posted on their website, and I applied. And it was basically, do you want to work in administration but don't have any experience but still want to get paid? It's literally, that's basically what the description said. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of a one-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me, and I reached out to uh, the previous volleyball coach at Florida State before I got there, Cecile Renaud, who's a Hall of Famer. She was a professor at the time to see if she could help me get a foot in the door just so I could get an interview, and she was happy to do that. And that's kind of how I got my start in administration. So I coached for two years and then switched over to administration in 2014. Okay, keep going. Yeah, okay. And then, um, so honestly, I was really, really, really fortunate. Um, My first, the person that hired me, Vanessa Fuchs, she's the senior associate AD and SWA at Florida State, is one of the most amazing women I have ever met in my entire life. Now, she was not at Florida State when I was a student athlete, but she went, she also was an alum of Florida State. She played women's basketball there. And... She just really gave me an opportunity and saw maybe my potential that I could be a good administrator and took a chance on me and let me kind of absorb everything. So I worked for her for two years, literally being her shadow and getting more and more responsibilities in terms of the the responsibilities that she had. So with her sport administrator duties as far as women's volleyball, beach volleyball, basketball um, at the time, those were her sports, and kind of being able to go to meetings with her on campus and meeting different people and getting to, she would always put me in front of people in the athletic department to talk mm-hmm. just because she wanted me to get, you know, those opportunities to speak in front of groups and to lead mm-hmm. a meeting and to just, like, learn. And she's just so good at her job and such a good manager because she is intentional about speaking to people but constantly thinking about everyone in the athletic department, not just, you know, the people that are on senior staff. How is this decision going to affect volunteer coaches? How is this decision going to affect part-time people? Like everyone, that's what matters to her. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so really just getting to learn everything from her. And it was awesome. I loved coming to work. I loved everything about my job. It was just a really, really cool opportunity to be able to do the everything to learn all the different parts of how an athletic department works um after two years then i got promotion to assistant ad for administration where i kind of took over a lot of human resources professional development for staff and coaches 
coaching contracts, um, kind of stuff for our entire employment welfare and Mm. making Florida State a great place to work and for people to really feel like they were appreciated um, and that they were being invested in was kind of my main job, uh, starting an orientation for athletics. It was really cool because I got to touch kind of everybody in the department, interviewing every single full-time position that we had, like the people that came in, um, regardless of the department, was really cool, and just kind of figuring out how we could better our our entire staff, you know, through hiring, through development of them. And that was something I had no experience in, but our deputy AD, Cindy Hartman, was like, I didn't have experience when I did it either. You just have to have the right personality. So uh, I guess I did. And um, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I liked making people feel like they mattered and Mm -hmm. their voices mattered and their birthdays mattered and all of their work was appreciated. Um, It was just, it's, it was really good. And our athletic director at the time, Stan Wilcox was really big on what Kevin White from Duke calls building the bench. So, Mm -hmm. you know, developing the people that we have from student athletes that want to go into coaching or athletic administration to student workers we have to people that are entry level and building them up to assistant directors and directors um, rather than always hiring from outside. So that was a, another part of my job in terms of just making sure that we were making our people the best that they could be so that they could grow where we were or they could grow and take a job somewhere else, but they would be better and constantly be learning. So that was really, really, really great. Um, and then, honestly, I was content and happy. People would ask me, when are you leaving Florida State? And I'd say, Why? Like, why why would I leave? I'm not leaving. I'm very happy. It actually started to make me a little nervous. Um, And then I got a call about um, a senior associate AD in SWA position, and it was maybe a year and a half ago, well before, probably two years ago, well before I thought that I was ready for a position like that Mm -hmm. and not something that I would have ever applied for. And so I went and interviewed I didn't get the job, but it made me think, well, they called me to come interview. Mm-hmm. Am I ready for something like this? Maybe I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and in speaking to Cindy and Vanessa, and they were like, yeah, you can do that. You can definitely be at that level now um, and not to second-guess myself. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over the next year or so, I started occasionally because, like I said, I was very happy where I was when I would see a job that appealed to me in a good place with the kind of department that I worked, I would think about applying. Um, Cause I didn't want to just leave for anywhere. I wanted to go to the kind of department where I would love coming to work every day. And I would know that, you know, I could help student athletes be the best that they can be. And that's the priority. And honestly, until app state came along, I didn't really see any place that I really, really wanted to go. And I hadn't been here before, but I saw the job and I was interested, and I knew Brittany Whiteside, because we kind of started administration at the same time in 2014, and she had had this job, and so she called me about it after I applied and raved about 
Boone, about App State, about Doug Gillen, our AD here, and the kind of leader that he was and just the kind of people that were here. And it sounded like exactly what I was looking for. Um, and she wanted to make sure, of course, that the person that came in after her was, you know, going to continue on the way that she had. She wanted to make sure the role was filled by someone that was good. So I came and interviewed, came to Boone, drove up the mountain, and it was July, so it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I had never been here, and I just was in awe of everything and the people. And it's just um, been kind of a a really quick journey from there because having to learn a new institution and learn new everything, frankly, um, mm-hmm. has been a lot, but it's been really, really, really rewarding and challenging, but awesome and mm-hmm. something that I really was looking for. So that's where I am now. Well, I've been watching from the sidelines in Germany. Oh, look at her. Oh, look at that. So. <laughs> But but I want to give a shout-out to the first person that you mentioned, but you didn't mention her name. Meredith Long was the yeah. is the deputy AD for Chawan, and she's the one that sparked our planet yeah. with you. So. Yeah, Meredith is, is really, really, really awesome. Um, and she's been consistent at Chawan and just been a great a great leader there. And uh, uh, shout out to Vanessa. I've known her since she was an NCAA intern. Oh, yeah. And Cindy and I are classmates, class of 99 of NACWA Institute, now women leaders. And so, yes. Yeah. And, and, the, and the joke is, you know, uh, when we introduced ourselves at the Institute, uh, they said, you know, uh, let people know something about you that other people would not, you know, know about you. Something interesting. So Cindy gets up there, tall, uh, curly hair, with the key word, tall. <laughs> she said she was a gymnast. <laughs> and she that was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. But so, yeah, every time I say, hey, gymnast, and so... Um, always glad to see her at functions and whatnot. Um, so you know how they say that everybody's connected in some yeah. kind of way, and so that's why I like to connect vines and minds to let folks know it's important because again, um, many of the positions that you receive, someone else called you about it first mm-hmm. and said, mm-hmm. you know, you might be very interested. So. Dear, we have lots of questions for you. I have one that came in Monday. Um, her name is Kaya Robinson. Miss um, Robinson um, is at East Tennessee State University. Um, her question is, you kind of answer this, what, um, what made you want to transition from being a coach? But the second question was, what advice do you have for any professional undergoing through a different career path, something similar to what you would say. What's the advice would you say to someone who's considering um, switching paths, but somewhat the same destination? Yeah, so um, I did kind of touch on I just knew I wanted a different lifestyle, Mm. and I wanted to be able to touch student-athletes outside of just volleyball. I wanted to kind of be able to interact with everybody and still – have the parts of coaching that I liked in my day-to-day, which I still have. Um, 
my main advice for anybody trying to do a transition like that is to tell people what you want to do. Tell people, talk about it, tell anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if people know, they'll be able to connect you with resources, with the right people, with people that can help you. And whatever your current job is, still do that to the best of your ability. You know, really focus on doing that instead of just what the next thing is. Because even though I knew I wanted to go to switch to administration, I was still focused on being a good coach um, mm-hmm. and, and recruiting and my budget and all of that. The other thing I didn't mention is because I knew I wanted to, what I wanted to do finally, I had started grad school uh, at Concordia University, Irvine. So I did my program online mm-hmm. because I knew I, I knew I needed a master's, but I also knew that I wanted to be able to just go. Wherever, like mm-hmm. if an opportunity came, I didn't want to be tied down to a place because I hadn't finished it yet. Um, and I wanted to be able to finish school. And honestly, I didn't finish it till I got to Florida State, I think the next semester. But yeah, my advice is to talk to people and find out what they're doing. If, it, if that's what you want to do, talk to people that do that and let people know what your goals are. And you'd be surprised at how many people want to help you. Mm-hmm. So here's another question that I think is pretty good. John Chancellor, Dean of Athletics at Montlow State Community College. Um, your experience being on a Power Five level, how do you monitor your expectations in a role setting like Boone related to athletic expansion? Yeah, so it's funny. I think that if I had only been at Florida State, mm-hmm. um, I would probably have a different idea of the way things are or realities of budgets or facilities or anything like that. But my experience of being at Chawan first in a D2 school that has, I mean, 15 sports with like less than 2,000 students, um, I understood that like smaller college setting. And to be honest, here things are are much different than Florida State in the sense that we are landlocked, we are surrounded by mountains, there's not a lot of flat land, so what we have is what we have. We can make our facilities better, but we do a lot of sharing with campus, whether that is UREC or Mm -hmm. PE classes, and that, I'm not going to lie, when I first came out, I was shocked that there were PE classes held on our football field. Mm. But that's just what we have here, and that's the reality of, of who App State is and the way that we function. And things mm-hmm. work here because we all work together and everybody kind of has the same goals. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I came here knowing that that collectively from the chancellor, from Doug, that App State wants to be the best, regardless of what conference they're in, regardless of only, of being a group of five school, regardless of being in the Sun Belt we want to be the best at everything and we want to be the best in the state of North Carolina. We want to be the best on the East coast. Like those things are important here regardless of what our classification is. And that's what matters to me is that we still have the same goals here as, you know, we had at Florida state. So I haven't necessarily encountered a lot of challenges there. I will say that there is 
a little bit of a, a difference in the sense that um, some there are some faculty that are not used to being at schools that have like a, a high emphasis on athletics and that mm-hmm. it's important to the whole university picture here mm-hmm. because it's, you know, a broad spectrum of what we're doing here. It's not just athletics isn't more important than anything else, but it's important to the identity of App State. Mm-hmm. So that's Very a new so. thing for me, but I think it's um, it helps that everybody has the same goal here. Coretta Brown, assistant women's basketball coach, Georgia Southern University. What are one or two traits from your coaches that you want to ensure pass along to your student-athletes? Let's see. I would say resiliency. Um, I think that's something we can – that coaches, specifically a lot of the coaches that I have here, it's a good trait that they have, and I think that's something that everybody needs. But student-athletes specifically just because of how much they're going through and sometimes – when you're struggling, uh, mm-hmm. it's hard. And being resilient is something that coaches can model for student-athletes, when, especially if you, know, you guys are losing or mm-hmm. struggling through a long road trip, but showing that you're still willing to go through it and, and you're strong. I think that's helpful. Um, the other thing I would say is compassion and emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are ways that coaches can really connect to student athletes. And not all coaches are really having those conversations, but when you're talking about, you know, game strategy and how people are thinking and how we're connecting as a team, I think learning where people are coming from and talking to them about who they are and what their journey looks like and being understanding of that, that everybody's not coming from the same place. Mm-hmm. Um is helpful and coaches can model that behavior and I think when that's happening you see kind of the team culture you can see how that's different than a team that's winning but they're not really connecting and they don't really know you know what the coach is about and what they're really thinking I think you can just immediately see where programs are like that our women's basketball um, coach Angel Elderkin is one of those people that I can see that in she's so good at connecting with her team and really being vulnerable and sharing like who they are and just her journey and it's um it's amazing to see it's really inspiring abigail eller assistant director athletics counseling university of michigan what do you enjoy most about your new role at apple latching state i enjoy okay so all of the different things that i'm doing that i have not done specifically before so like at Florida State so um, I had you know some secondary sport oversight at Florida State before I got here but I wasn't the main sport administrator so Mm. that um, is something that I enjoy just because it's so different there's so much happening every day you just never really know Um, Mm -hmm. and I think getting to interact with a lot of our different sports and student-athletes through our student-athlete development stuff in SAC Mm -hmm. is something I really enjoy and is different than kind of what I did at Florida State. I didn't get to do as much of that, so I really enjoy that. Um, Just kind of going back to what I like most about coaching. 
that I'm getting mm-hmm. to do more here. Um, and then the other thing is really, I did this at FSU, but I really like interacting with people on campus. So whether that's mm-hmm. like through programming partnerships or lately serving on search committees on campus, mm-hmm. I think it's just it's a good way for athletics to get out there and show that they're a part of the broader campus and not just kind of siloed. But I enjoy getting to meet all of the people that our student athletes interact with on a daily basis outside of our area. I think that's really that's really something that I enjoy because there's a lot of great people that work here. Well, Kelsey Harris, who works with the ACC and I was our guest last week, she sent in this question. How do you use your experiences and unique perspective as a former collegiate volleyball coach when working in your current role? So, honestly, I think I use that every single day. Um, And I think there's less and less coaches that kind of transition to administration probably before there were way more of way more of that, and now there's people that just kind of bypass coaching. So I try and lend my perspective, especially when we're maybe having budgeting meetings and we're having scheduling or facilities, because sometimes, trying to say this diplomatically, coaches can seem irrational in things that they're (laughs) asking for. Everybody knows that. And it might seem like that. However, I know as a coach that I ask for everything and anything that I thought would make my program better and that would help us. I knew I wasn't going to get everything, but I knew if I started at the top, I could maybe get, if I asked for A, B, and C, D, I could get A and D. Mm -hmm. I could maybe get some of that, and it wasn't just because I was being crazy. So I try and kind of temper conversations Mm -hmm. and, you know, bring up reasons why a coach might be thinking this way versus that way so that, people can get that perspective. Um, And then coaching is difficult, especially, I mean, I think it's even harder than when I was coaching, just in terms of all that coaches are having to deal with outside of just the X's and O's and practice, Mm -hmm. whether that is parents, whether that is the mental health of their student athletes, whether like just all of those things that they're kind of burdened with Mm -hmm. and trying to keep that in the back of my mind when we're dealing with something uh, that is difficult or stressful, that coaches are not just, you know, going to practice and watching game film and that's it. Mm-hmm. And remembering that um, and kind of trying to take that burden as much as I can away from them and, and help us, you know, help make their job a lot easier. Well, here is a sister SWA in North Carolina down the road from you in Durham, North Carolina, North Carolina Central, Kendra Green. What experiences uh, did you have while at Florida State uh, that you feel prepared you and your resume for your current level? Um, hey, Kendra. First of all, I love her. She used to work at FAMU. Um, that's when I first met her. Oh, okay. So, uh, gosh, honestly, the five years and some change that I was at Florida State, I had – a lot of kind of negative experiences and challenges that we went through as a department that I would probably, maybe one or two might happen in a career that happened at Florida State, like, each year, which were awful. 
Um, so things like a shooting on campus, hmm. um, legal problems in the news, um, sexual assault allegations through our, from our student-athletes, for our student-athletes. Um, honestly, Title IX investigations, things that mm. preceded me getting there, but just like all of these things were happening uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I was able to gain a lot of experience from. Mm. And mm. some of them were just really sad. Uh, I had the death of one of my student-athletes, was actually my mentee. That was probably by far the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with um, in my career at all. Mm-hmm. But it's shaped also the way that I handle things um, and the way that I view, like, mental health as a collective and the way I want to make sure that those are things that are important. Um, from a less serious standpoint, uh, coaching searches, head coaching searches, whether that was football um, mm-hmm. which I think was super helpful, but beach volleyball, swimming and diving, and kind of just learning what that looks like mm-hmm. and being a part of committees for some of those head coaching positions really helped me um, kind of move on in my career and, like, know, okay, I'm going to take this and write this down, and this is what I would do if something like this happens. Mm-hmm. Hurricanes, we had more than one while I was at Florida State. We never had a hurricane. The entire time I was a student athlete, ever. Oh. And we had, uh, I think, two while I was at FSU, one that required us um, moving a football game, one that was right before a football game, and just kind of the way that that worked. Like, who did we call? Who did we talk to about decisions? Um, what did we do for our student athletes? Like, all of those, like that communication plan are things that I have, like, taken in and been like, okay, I, I can use this for, I mean, it could be a blizzard that we have here, mm-hmm. something like that I can take and use mm-hmm. for the future. Um, a lot of that really, really helped me figure out um, what I would do in similar situations um, in the future. Some of it good, some of it not so good, but it was all, there was just a lot at FSU that happened that really was able to kind of shape my career. Mm-hmm. So far, shaped your leadership. Um, yeah, this is great. Well, I just want to say thank you for being able to adjust uh, yourself to the time change of the show, and I appreciate you sharing your insights because people always ask me about advice, and I said, look, listen to the replays of our guests because <laughs> they have richer and. Um, uh, seeds to plant with you, and you just got to take it, take root with it. So mm-hmm. thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. So you have a great day, and um, and we're going to take a really a short break here to chat in the garden. When we come back, I will share some announcements and some opportunities for you. Hi, this is Eric Smith, also known as the Financial Literacy Coach or the Money Coach. You know, financial literacy is the one life skill that every single one of your students is going to need in life. Without financial literacy, their life will be much more difficult, but with it, it's going to be much better. And there's no one better to increase financial literacy than the Financial Literacy Coach. 
We can be reached at area code 770-527-4380 by email at eric at thefinancialliteracycoach.com. One more time, by phone, that's area code 770-527-4380 and by email, eric at thefinancialliteracycoach.com. I wish you the best. Hi, are you frustrated at work? Do you want to know how to position yourself for promotion? Then Queen's Moves is the workshop for you. Why? Because as women, we need to know our value, be confident in our options, and seize opportunities when they come along, just like a well-played queen in the game of chess. My name is Michelle Larkin of Yumi Connections, and I have developed this online workshop to teach you how to think strategically, develop a personal strategy, build confidence, and create professional momentum. I encourage you to visit queensmoves.net for more details and more information about signing up and registering. This course will equip and inspire you to move like the queen that you are. Classes start November 1st. Royal Court for Us, established in 2017, is a jewelry and apparel company. Our bracelets and clothing designs use vibrant colors and come with their own purpose and meaning. Our company focused on empowering, inspiring, unifying, and reminding each other that we come from royalty, that we are strong and powerful, and it's imperative that we support each other. So check us out on Instagram at Royal Court for Us or our website at www.royalcourtforus.com. Fourteen years as a professional athlete, and I never once went into a game without a plan. But when it came to the money game, I had no clue where to start. If you're feeling the same way, I would like to help you evaluate, plan, and execute your way to victory in your finances. I'm Nakia Sanford, Regional Vice President with Primerica Financial Services. Give me a call, 404-940-9887. That's 404-940-9887. It helps to have a pro on your team. Why do colleges support student-athletes pursuing every profession except professional sports? Why are they treated as the students when they're athletes, knowing that they need help surviving the lights? I'm Tawana Smith, and as a former Division I and pro athlete and now best-selling author, I've created a transition system specifically for student-athletes called Surviving the Lights. For more information, visit www.survivingthelights.com to learn how we can change the game together. Well, welcome back. I'm your host, Monique A.J. Smith, here in the chat in the garden with Smith's Blooms in Athletics and Sports Business. Well, I just, again, I want to give a shout-out to Ms. Thompson at Appalachian State. Uh, it was wonderful to hear her career path, and that's what we do here. We plant seeds. We plant seeds. We plant seeds of empowerment to lead others to greatness, and so hopefully... Um, you all gained some great insight from that. I just got a couple of announcements. The books, the books, the books are here. Removing the face, uh, with my chapter being the public figure's mask, exit stage left. 
and uh, I, you know, and I, I'm excited to be able to say that my thoughts are now in print, um, and especially for those many young folks that say, you know, can I pick your brain? Well, I always say come listen to the chat in the garden, so that you can just get other perspective. Um, not just mine. I'm 30 years in, but I haven't experienced everything, and things are different. But I do want to tell you this. There are some things that I've experienced um, that uh, I hope that you don't experience, to be honest with you, and hopefully that you read this, you'll get some insights. So this chapter is written for women in leadership or high-profile positions that wear the public mass figure in their industry, but who are crying inside because of feelings akin to being misunderstood, overwhelmed, or viewed as an imposter. Um, And people who feel that way are not going to raise their hand and say, that's me. So that's why the book is pretty pretty good because no one else will know uh, that you're having issues with that. And because I have been there, when you're the first, you do have a certain number of pressure on you uh, because you know that how you carry yourself has impact not just on you, but those who follow you and the perceptions that people use to, to, to do that. And so when life happens to you uh, outside of work, um, you you uh, cut it off, and you know, like we tell our student athletes, you have to identify yourself in more than one role uh, to have a balanced life. And it's just like a wheel. When you have one side that's kind of flat, it makes the whole ride a little rocky. So, if this is something that you think that you can uh, get some benefit from, I would love, would love, would love, would love to send this book to you. Um, and the best way to do that is to contact me by email, Monique A. J. Smith at seedsofempowerment.info. Again, that's Monique A. J. Smith at seedsofempowerment.info. And in the subject line, put removing the face. We'll put removing the face. Because I have a couple of other call to actions, and I want to make sure I know which one is which. Okay. And so, uh, yes, I'm joining, um, uh, as we just heard, uh, one of our media partners, Tawana Smith, she called herself a best-selling author. Well, I can say I'm a best-selling co-author, and so I'm joining the ranks of those best-selling authors. Uh, I'm actually on my, mm, coming up, if I get some emails, uh, will be my fourth order of the book. So, yeah, it's jumping off the shelf, and I'm really pleased that folks um, want to hear the story, but it's more about hearing about my story. And, again, you know, other other stories may be about other life experiences, but mine are about athletic administration and how to and how to ride that roller coaster. See, that's the key. It's, it's, it's riding a roller coaster. And, and you know you're going to have a good time, but you got to be able to brace yourself. So I would suggest if you're going to do a lot of roller coaster rides, uh, be cautious of what you eat 
and make sure the person on the ride with you is someone that if you happen to throw up on them, uh, they'll still love you the next day, okay? All right. So, uh, again, if this is a book that you want to have on your shelf, uh, email me at moniqueajsmith at info. There's another book that I think you should have on your shelf. It's so crucial. I can't tell you. I got about 15 football players in my class. And I would say 90% of them want to go professional. And I don't plan on killing anybody's dreams, but I do plan on giving them resources so that they can make sure their dream is not turned to a nightmare. So one of those resources is called the Surviving the Lights, a professional athlete's playbook to avoid the curse. Again, Surviving the Lights, a professional athlete's playbook to avoid the curse. And we know, I know everybody listening can name one person that they know went professional, whether it be boxing, football, track and field, made some bad choices as it relates to uh, individuals that they had helping them navigate this thing called professional athletes' life. And um, financially, it didn't work out too well with them. And so why not provide this resource for them to read it? And there's something to be said. When you read something, you take ownership versus and you listening to somebody saying it. But that being said, the book is in three different formats. It is an audio book, it is in paperback, and it is an electronic version. So go to Amazon.com to pick up your copy, Surviving the Lights of Professional Athletes Playbook to Avoid the Curse. And don't take my word for it, the NFL purchased this book for all of the attendees of the Celebration Bowl. So that must tell you there's some significant um, information in here if the NFL found it to be um, something they want to share with uh, the participants of Celebration Bowl. Speaking of media partners, people, 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 I can stand on top of the house and tell you Eric Smith, the financial literacy coach, is the truth. I'm trying to tell you. He joined us in the Advanced Academy the Advanced Academy is a subscription um, arm of Caesar Empowerment where uh, I actually do bring in guests to talk about skill set. You know, on the podcast, we talk about your career path. But uh, within the Advanced Academy, we dig deep into some areas. And one of the areas we've been talking about has been negotiating. Uh, and we do things in, in quarters. So for the last the first last three months, we dealt with negotiating. And so I do send you a book, and, and then I bring in guest experts, and I kind of deep dive into that. And what I noticed is that people didn't know their numbers. And I said, okay, I'm going to get them this book called The Lactate Factor by David Bach. Um, David Bach has written several books, and actually because of his teaching, his readings, I, um, I, I was over over 10 years ago. I think it's 15 years ago, matter of fact. Yeah, 15 years ago, I purchased my house. But I was in debt. I had just gotten divorced and uh, just didn't know what I didn't know. And so I read those books, and I got, and I got, y'all, I got really good and free. I was able to pay off my debt, 
um, went to Hawaii on cash and bought my house. This was all in 2005. Uh, but before 2005, 1998, I was a mess. Had no savings, couldn't make a move, just boo-hooed and like, what do I do now? And so that's why I believe in books. I believe that books are seeds, uh, reeds are seeds, and when you plant them and take root, then you then you feel a sense of empowerment. Well, let me tell you, Eric Smith, man, you need to get a book. So he just talked with our group because, um, again, we went from the, now we've gone from negotiating to your financial freedom. Uh, because I do believe this: if you've been in the business for a while, you stay at a job uh, that you don't feel like you're growing because of the money that you're receiving. All right, but so that means that your financial connection does not give you choices, and so financial freedom is having choices. And how you do choices, you control what you uh, um, output. Okay, and uh, and you control your input in the sense of knowing your value. Your value is not based on how much money you receive. The value is based on. Uh, how how you negotiate that, how you know your power. And you need to know that because you know what you, you're, you're walking away point is, your numbers. And so, um, and I'm not saying about being pink slip proof, but there's something to be said when uh, someone threatens you with something, you have a sense of, okay, all right, I have a certain amount of money that I can float until I can find another place where uh, accepts my, my abilities um, and we have a happy marriage, if you know what I mean. So, key thing, you know, and, and, and we talked about this. This was so beautiful, is the fact that this is a man called the financial literacy coach that travels to campuses to talk to student athletes about such things and staff. And so because I experienced this, just like I told you about the book, Surviving the Lights, I can tell you 1,000% this presentator is so good that you walk away feeling as if you have been released from the burden of not knowing money oh i can get some uh some dollars some savings to pay off of these student loans you hear what i say he helped us find money to pay off student loans pay off debt um and 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 for me a person who reads all the time he educated me on something I knew nothing about. I had heard of acorns, okay, acorns, not the things that just on grow on trees, okay, that fall down and you step on their crunch. No, this is a little bit more, all right? And have you ever heard of ETFs, ETFs? Again, I thought it was pretty good in the literacy side of financial, but he educated me. Uh, when I got off the phone, we did this on Sunday night at 9 p.m. Yes, he was with us at 9 p.m. We did the money game at 9 p.m. on Sunday. On Monday morning, I was on my computer, and I was signing up for such things. And I already see a return on that um, activity that I did. Um, and I'm just going to share this. I used to have saved the change with Bank of America, and I felt the same kind of way. But then I found out, which I didn't read the fine print, they stopped matching it. They st- uh, they stopped matching uh, save the change. So I'm just saving 
which is fine, but I'm not growing. Saving and growing, there's a difference, okay? And even, you know, the growing part is the part you need to, it's a mindset, people. It's a mindset. And because I had somewhat trained my mind to understand you must you must put things where they can grow. And it also is in the Bible for those of you who are Bible scholars. All right? So, Eric Smith is the truth. I'm trying to tell you. Um, here's two things, though. Um, if you want to uh, double back and learn what we learned on Sunday and join us, and I'll give you the book, The Lactate Factor, uh, for the next two months, we're going to be talking about uh, financial freedom and choices as it relates to negotiating. you got to know your numbers. Come join us in the Advanced Academy. Uh, it really is a way to uh, network. Um, also, with the Advanced Academy, you get a one-on-one with me. And I also send you a uh, resource every three months. Um, yeah, we want to help you reach your desired destination, uh, whether it be your first job or your next job or your next um, consulting gig. Um, hey, let me tell you, I got a, I got, you know how they had the mass, the the mystery singers. I got the mystery member. I have a mystery member. We have, I have a member starting March the first, who's a member of the Advanced Academy who's starting March the 1st at the NCAA. Not going to say her name, not until she announces to the world. But, hey, in the meantime, join us and um, join the excitement of growing together and learning some resources and how to, um, um, yeah, as my as my pastor, who's also the PA announcement at University, how to get that first down. See, it's the small wins, people. Get the small win, and everything else follows suit. Now, if you want to bring Eric Smith to your campus to work with your student athletes or your staff, and I really would recommend you do both. Bring him in and attack both. Um, Because some of the things that he has, he talks about how to get uh, money in your student athletes' pockets immediately, things that they can do. There are apps out here um, that will help you save the change and and uh, grow your money, and then you can go back and go get it. See, you know, most of the time you hear about financial folks talking about how, retire, how to save for retirement. Well, I'm here to tell y'all, I don't think anyone's going to retire. We are, we're going to be doing something somehow or another. So uh, you need to have some more vehicles as, as well. Uh, and, it's, you know, there says for almost every, every major bill, you need need to have another income stream. I know you folks nine to five just can't grab this, but I'm trying to tell you that's financial freedom, having more than one income stream. So, Eric Smith, to your campus, go find him on the financial literacy coach dot com. The financial literacy coach dot com. Or you can call him at seven seven oh five two seven Four three eight zero, four three eight zero. Okay, and so I got one more announcement for you. One more big announcement for you. And I was hoping I could bring her on the air, 
uh, but uh, it came about at the last minute. Hopefully, I can bring her on before before this event takes place. Dr. Ashley Baker. Yes, even if you follow her on Twitter, uh, she's always got some interesting insights. Um, you know, as a as a uh, researcher, um, sports management professor. Uh, now she works in the area of inclusion. Um, but some of the things that she says, it just brings out some, like, aha uh-huh moments for me because I go, like, I didn't think of it like that. You know, for instance, when they talk about um, uh, mothers and professional athletes, that's been her focus. And I just thought that was so interesting. And so, uh, but that's not how I found her. How I found her was from this event that she has. I think she does not say what year this is for this. But the Women in Sports Forum, uh, I'm going to be joining her on March 27th in New Orleans. The theme for this year is Protect Your Brand. Protect Your Brand. In New Orleans, March 27th, um, 9 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. And um, I'm going to be talking about Protect Your Brand as it relates to um, connecting with individuals and how uh, how you carry yourself with your brand. You know, if, if you do this well, just like uh, the guest today, she had people to call her about jobs. And, um, you know, when somebody calls on your behalf, you follow them. Your name is connected with them until uh, actually forever, to be very honest with you, because people will always associate you with that person. So you have to be really uh, cautious of how you carry yourself. And this message is really for uh, the young folks. Um, and that's who her target audience really is. It's, it, she's got high school kids can come in free. Undergrad and grad students can come for $30, $30. And community members and professionals can come in for 50 See, when 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 uh People, it's called sponsorship. When people put their name with you, um, they're vouching for you. And it's more than just asking people for it to be on your resume as a reference. It's it's, it's folks that uh, get a call, like I do all the time. I have an opening for someone, 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 so do you have any recommendations? And I'll be very honest with you. Um, my first thoughts are my Advanced Academy members and my Speakers Bureau. Um, and so uh, they become my, my, my media tribe that I think about for these positions because I've been working with them. But uh, I'm so glad that Ashley, Dr. Ashley Baker finds value in what I do, and I'm going to be there uh, March 27th uh, in New Orleans. Now, if you'd like to join me, uh, I would suggest you go to Women in Sports Forum, Nolan, N-O-L-A, Eventbrite.com. And for what I understand, I think it was last week she said only 20 seats were available. And so you want to make sure that you're in the house, especially if you're in driving distance of there and you're listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth. I would love, number one, to meet you and uh, pour into you and uh, help you reach your next destination. And 
uh, I believe this is this is this is odd. I finished all of my uh, announcements, um, and uh, I do want to give an opportunity. I got uh, four minutes. Four minutes. And if anybody has a question, um, any callers are on, uh, you can come on in. I'm gonna ask my engineer before I close out. Um, and uh, we'll be glad to answer any questions that you may have, any follow-ups from today's podcast, any from the announcements. Okay, so she says, I don't have any callers on the air. So it has been a pleasure to be with you. Join me next Wednesday at 10 o'clock. And I'm really excited about this individual. She, she, she reached out to me this morning, Jessica Poole. She wants to make sure, she says, am I on next week? I say, yes, you are. So uh, this is another new um, uh, professional administrator, uh, SWA at an institution, because uh, Ms. Thompson today was was in a new role as an SWA. And, again, we are moving that needle, folks. We are moving that needle. So make sure that uh, you stay tuned to a chat in the garden on the Facebook to make sure you get all the updates on showcasts and follow-ups on, uh, it's called A Chat in the Garden with Monique A.J. Smith. I want to give a shout-out to our engineer today, Ms. Christina Lockett. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us, and have a significant rest of the day.